It had been 27 hours, 10 minutes, and roughly 45 seconds since I'd arrived in Worthington, Maine, from L.A., which meant it had been 27 hours, 10 minutes, and roughly 55 seconds since I'd last been recognized. My heart rate was 132, and the muscles in my thighs had begun to burn, but I kept running, taking in the fresh sea air. I couldn't remember the last time I'd run outside. Most of the time, it was just too goddamn hot in Los Angeles, though the freaking heat was the least of my problems. Being chased by fans, or worse, the paparazzi, was the bigger issue. But, apparently nobody in Maine went to the movies. I should have been grateful. After all, fame was simply a byproduct of being a successful Hollywood actor, although some stars loved the attention. They kept the paparazzi on speed dial and let them know whenever they were stepping out for a hike. For me, the fame came with the territory and I put up with it because the upside outweighed the down. I liked that I could run here, but anonymity wasn't worth giving up on success. Fame was a price I was willing to pay. I shivered as a huge gray cloud slid across the sky like the alien aircraft straight out of Independence Day. That seemed ominous. I'd marked out a route before I left, so I crossed the street and headed toward the park I knew was a shortcut back to my rental. As I passed the entrance gate, my cell vibrated in my pocket. My agent. I slowed to a walk and answered. Hey, Brian, I said, the crack of thunder from above nearly drowning me out. Where are you? Brian asked. Big, fat drops of rain began to splatter the path leading through the park. I was about to get drenched. In a thunderstorm, what's up? I scanned the park and spotted a small white gazebo. I headed toward it, hoping I'd be able to finish the conversation without my cell getting waterlogged. So, I got a call from Anthony Scott. He loved you in Vanity Fair, wanted to know what your schedule looked like 18 months from now. Wow. Anthony Scott had a way of turning things into box office gold. I couldn't say I loved his movies, but an Anthony Scott film would be the next step up. A well-respected director, a surefire hit. I stepped out of the water into a bathroom full of steam. After pulling the towel off the rail, I wrapped myself up in fluffy cotton. I'd been dreaming about my shower all afternoon. Mrs. Wells had been right about the rain. I'd gotten drenched. Luckily, I had a change of clothes at the shop, but I'd felt sticky and cold for the rest of the day. If that crazy tourist hadn't been hiding out in the bandstand, trying to get hit by lightning, I might not have been as wet through to my bones but no good deed goes unpunished. I twisted my feet on the soft memory foam mat and sighed. I'd gotten so soaked from the thunderstorm that I'd been tempted to turn back and take the afternoon off, but I'd had a ton of orders to fill and a few tourists came by, so it was just as well I hadn't bailed on the day. I wrapped my hair up in a towel, padded into my bedroom, and sprawled like a starfish on the bed. It was still early enough for me to do a couple of hours on the new jewelry collection I'd been working on if I got my ass into gear. I dried myself off, slung on some yoga pants and a slouchy tee, and began to towel-dry my hair as I sat on the edge of the bed facing the window. Next door, a car was parked in the driveway. It had that squashed look of a fancy, expensive sports car. It seemed kind of strange for a family car, but maybe they'd brought two? I left them a welcome package with my number, if they had a problem. I didn't usually tell guests I lived right next door. 
After the first few renters, I'd learned that if I did, I'd have a constant stream of what's the Wi-Fi code again or where's good for dinner. I discarded my towel and started brushing through my tangles. The light was on in the kitchen next door. Someone's silhouette displayed like a shadow puppet through the white wall blinds. It looked like someone was dancing. A guy. The dad, maybe? Except that it didn't look like dad dancing. He could move. I laughed, then covered my mouth. I shouldn't be laughing. He was paying rent, and I certainly shouldn't be staring. The blind rippled, and two hands dipped beneath the wall and began to fiddle with the catch. I shuffled down my bed. I was pretty sure he wouldn't be able to see me. I was away from the window, and my lights weren't switched on, but I didn't want to take any chances. The blind lifted, revealing a perfect torso, golden skin with clearly defined muscles. This guy was built.